Oh shit, take two. Right. <laughs> Let's get it right this time. Yeah. Alright, this is episode number three on Don't Sleep On This Podcast. I don't have a name for it, so uh, I'm going to cut right into it. Um, I'm here with... Joss. Joss. Joss, what are you going to school for? I am getting my degree in psychology. Okay, and then also, what do you what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do with your life? My ultimate, ultimate life goal would be to be a criminal f- profiler with the FBI. Okay. Yeah. So if I do that, I, I'd say I have I've accomplished it. Yeah. All right. This episode is basically up your alley. All right. So this yeah. episode is based on two murder uh, cases. Uh, both Dar- involving children. Both, yeah, exactly. Both involving children. One is a Darley Rudiers, and the other one is Casey Anthony. Um, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna talk about the leaky loops of one of them, or why we feel the need. Like, why do we feel like we side with one side more than the other? And yeah, so it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, have fun listening to this. There's going to be a lot of information to go with it. I know the Darley Rudy Air one has a lot of D names. Try your best to remember who's who. But we'll go over it thoroughly. Um, but I always start off an episode with asking a question. My question for you today is, what is the most recent um, thing you accomplished? I scored an 87 on my SVAP test exactly what i want to hear <laughs> so all right we get through that let's start off with the darty rudier um murder case all right so the rudiers are living in Rolette, texas they have been married for quite some time they've been married for what i would say like over it's over a decade for over sure. 10 years yeah yeah or close to a decade because yeah what, what Age, she could have quit it. What it at this 20s? point, right now, she was 26. At the point it's over that a decade. the night in question, the point of night in question, she was 26 years old. Okay, over they've been married for over a decade. Yeah, because they met when she was 15. So, also, what year is this? This is 1996 right. when this happened. So, do you want to talk about the kind of family that they were? Yeah, well, well wait, yeah. Okay, so they've been they're married. There's a two couple, mm-hmm. and they have three kids. One is six. Devin. Devin is six. Damon is five, and Drake is seven months at this point. The husband's name is Darren, but we are going to call him Mr. Woodier. Mm-hmm. And there's Darley, who is the wife, who is the mom, and she is the. The main, the main, main person. Character. So when we yeah. say she, I'm pretty sure we're referring to her. Other, I mean, other than stated otherwise, she is Darley. Yes, Darley Rudier. So the Rudiers were your typical American family. They had a nice house in Texas. They had a nice car. Mr. Rudier drove a nice Jaguar. They had a nice boat. According to friends and family, they were both very kind, and Darley was very bubbly. She was very loving. She was a very tentative mother. And she was your typical blonde hair, blue eyes, beautiful face, beautiful body. They had 
opened up a tech company mm-hmm. together, which had done very, very well. They say that Mr. Boudier was bringing in about $250,000 a year. And because of this, Darlie was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, well, this was a good setting of, of, of background information. Um, but towards this time, the business wasn't doing as well. Yes, at this point in 1996, the business wasn't doing too well. And they were behind on a few bills. But it wasn't to the point to where they still were not living the lifestyle that they were living before. Just a couple bumps in the lavish lifestyle that they lived, basically. Not anything too big, not anything too, like, crazy. Yeah, to where their friends saw that they were struggling financially, you know, they had to give up their house, their car, like, no, they were yeah, still... No. Still okay, they still were able to afford everything. Yeah. This was, like, business, if he was making over 200 a year, he probably was making 100 like, just a little cut, but still doing all right. Yeah. All right, um, you want to get to now? So, the night in question... Is June 1996. Darlie and her two kids, Devin and Damon, were downstairs in the living room watching TV when they fell asleep. And Mr. Rudier was upstairs with the seven-month-old baby, Drake. According to Darlie, she is awakened by her son, Damon, when he is pushing on her shoulder and he just says, Mommy. And she opens her eyes and sees a man walking away from her and into their kitchen. She then gets up and follows the man, where she hears a glass break. And as she is inside of the kitchen, she sees that a knife is on the ground that is covered in blood. She then goes down and picks up the knife, and the man just had gone out through the door in the kitchen and into the garage. She didn't follow him, nothing, that's it. She then goes back to her kids and she sees that Devin is face up bleeding. And he is he looks like looks like he has been stabbed. So she screams and then her husband comes downstairs at this point and he sees that Damon is face down, not responding. And he goes mm. to him. Is it Damon? No, it's Devin. Devin's the one's face down, not responding. Sorry, Devin. Yeah, Devin yeah. is the one that is face down, not responding. So Damon was the one that she found when she went back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she screamed. And he, Devin, Damon was face up at this point. Yes. Yeah. Damon was still alive. alive. His eyes were open, and he was trying to fight for his life. Yes. Yeah. And so Mr. Rudier went to Devin. And he says that he grabbed him by the face, trying to wake him up, but that he wouldn't wake up. And then he then goes to his wife, and he sees that his wife has also been harmed. Darlie said that she didn't notice that she had been hurt until after she saw Damon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After the lights are on and everything. Yeah, because she says it was dark. When Damon went to her and woke her up, she didn't notice that he had been harmed. Mm-mm. But also, we have to make note, the one that passed was Devin. Uh, that was the one that was laid in the same spot. He got stabbed four times in the back. And then Damon... No, Damon was stabbed four times in the back. 
Devin was the one that was stabbed. To the back. So Devin was the one that got stabbed straight and it went all the way to his back. Yeah. Damon was the one that got stabbed four times in the back and was still alive. Yes. Which makes sense. All right. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Makes that's sense. why, according to Dolly, he was able to get up and mm-hmm. go and wake her up. But Devin had been stabbed quite hard. Yeah. All the way, all the way from, wasn't it from uh, front side up to his back? Or yeah, was it? The knife basically went straight through his body and hit the ground at this point. Like mm-hmm. it, yeah, it went straight out his back. So he was at that, when she woke up, he was no longer there. He was basically dead as soon as everything started. Mm-hmm. And Damon died on the way to the hospital. Mm-hmm. He didn't make it to the hospital. All right, let's go. So continue the crime scene, or what are the uh, steps of so, leading to, into the cops come? When the cops came, they saw that there was blood everywhere. That was the first thing they noticed. And if you look at crime scene photos, there is really blood everywhere. It was a really messy scene. It looked like there had been a struggle. There were broken vases, broken pots. There was glass on the floor. There were bloody footprints in the kitchen with broken glass on top of them, but the glass wasn't bloody. They found bloody fingerprints. They found one bloody fingerprint on a glass table. They found one on a doorknob, and then they found another one under the doorknob. Mm -hmm. They also found that there was a screen in the garage which had been cut. And it looked like it had been cut from the outside. Who we talk about the phone call to? The phone, the, the, um... the 911 call? Yeah. Yeah, so Darley called 911 at 2.30 saying that they stabbed me and my kids. They stabbed me and my kids. And she she sounded like she was hysterical. She sounded like she, has, she was crying, like she mm-hmm. wasn't calm or anything. And... At this point, they all get taken to the hospital. Two boys are pronounced dead, and Darley is pretty beat up. She had been cut in her neck, and the doctors say that it was a near miss of her corroded artery. She could have bled to death. It was like two millimeters away Yeah. from getting to her artery. And she had a cut on her arm that went down to her bone, and she had a few defensive cuts on her fingers and on her arms as well basically just trying to fight off the knife yeah it seemed as if she had been trying to fight off Mm -hmm. the knife and she had a bruise that went from her wrist all the way to her armpit that was very dark and purple and this bruise wasn't until later the doctors and the nurses say that when she got to the hospital she did not have the bruise and in the pictures when she is laying in the hospital bed after she's had surgery on her neck, there is no big bruise. It's just small bruises on the cuts. But when you look at the pictures of the interrogation, she had a very large bruise from her wrist to her armpit. Basically, the police are alluding to self-inflicted bruises. Um, but but that's also, a little bit later. Yeah, known fact, yeah, known fact 
is that you don't bruise in an area. You bru you bruise legit just in that area where you got stabbed. At. You don't bruise your whole arm. It just bruises just the area that the, the stab wounds at. Yeah, because stabbing it caused bruises, but um, not. It didn't really say like if she spreading. was stabbed or not, but she was cut, and she mm -hmm. did have some def defensive cuts on her arms, as if she had been fighting somebody. But according to Darley, she does not remember ever fighting somebody, and she recognizes that it is a little strange that she does not remember, but, you know, she says that maybe there was a struggle and she got knocked out unconscious, and then it wasn't until her son woke her up, but other than that, she doesn't remember ever fighting anyone off. So, let's keep that in mind. Is that a good enough setting? Yeah, so those are the, the, the facts of, of that night in question. But there was also the bloody sock that was uh, found. Yeah, that's a There was a bloody sock that belonged to a child that was found three houses down in a dark alley. And the blood on the sock matched both of the boys. And... Boys' blood. It had uh, Devin and uh, Damon. Damon's blood. Yeah, it matched both of their, both of their DNA. So... And the bloody fingerprint didn't match Darley. And it didn't match the husband. But they don't really know if it did or didn't match the boys. I had read somewhere that the bodies were exhumed later on. And that the fingerprint was too small to be of a child. That it was more towards the size of a female's fingerprint. But we can, we can discuss a little bit of that later. So... At this point, they're just looking to see, you know, trying to find leads, trying to look over the evidence, see if, you know, anything suspicious was happening in the family or anything. And then, you know, they learned that they were going through some financial struggles, but it wasn't too bad. The neighbors reported a black car uh, driving around a few days before the murder and that it had been watching the Rudier house specifically. Yeah. Also, the... Actually, I won't say that until now. Okay. So, they never found the person who was driving around in the black car, but some the neighbors did say that it was a little bit suspicious, that it wasn't a car that they recognized. And They also said they saw it at the crime scene of the day they taped it up. They said that they saw that same black car drive past the crime, crime scene. They seen it the day, nights before. And they saw it the day, uh, one neighbor said they saw it the day of the crime. Like, as they taped everything up, they saw it drive past again. So, eight days after the murder, it was one of the little boy's birthdays. It was Devin's birthday. It was his seventh birthday. And they decided to have... A little bit of a birthday celebration, a birthday party at the cemetery where the boys had been buried. Because the boys had been buried together, holding hands. And there is a news footage that you can look it up, you can watch it online, where they're, ba they're having a party at the cemetery and you see Darlie chewing gum, laughing, smiling, and putting silly string all over the graves. You know, having... Having a good time, they sing happy birthday to the boys, and just overall having a good time. Trying to celebrate the boys' life. So, at this point, the Rudiers had been told that the 
police had found a few leads and that they were working on them. But then Darlie gets arrested. And she gets charged with the murder of the boys. Um, then they go out and they say basically the whole time, the whole lead was just the, the couple. They didn't really think it, it could be anyone else. Their mind was set at that point. That Darlie did it. Darlie did it. Yeah. At this point, they said that the wounds on Darlie had been self-inflicted and that she faked the intruder. Everything was a setup. And um, now we can go. Do you think that's enough so we can did go I, the... Did I mention that the knife came from the kitchen? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Knife came from the kitchen. Came from the kitchen. Someone slit the, the screen to get into the house. Went through the garage. No, no. Slit the screen to get into the uh, house. To the house, but that was in the garage. In the garage. They, yeah. Yes. So they slit the screen to the garage to get into the house. Uh, my advice to anybody: always lock all the fucking doors <laughs> because you never know what intruder would come through. But that's a whole tangent of something else. I'm just saying that. Um, so slit the screen to get in the garage to get in the house. And yeah. So then we can start going to the leaky things. The only so, also, oh, I'm sorry. The only reason why we also point out of like the car, we're gonna get into that. So I want you guys to keep in mind of like the values of everything, and remember where the husband was at during this time, and uh, remember what the struggle of the family at this time as well. Come, basically coming from two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to breaking it down to a little less. Just keep all that in mind. Then we can go. Yeah. So going back to the. Uh, injuries on the people that were sadly not people i'm gonna say the little boys because that's sad they had deep stab wounds both boys had been stabbed deeply like i said one of the boys had been stabbed so deep that it penetrated his body and came out through his back but darlie only had cuts you know her neck she almost did she could have bled to death from her neck from mm-hmm. her neck but she wasn't stabbed she wasn't stabbed in the manner that the boys were stabbed. Nope. And this is only, just... Well, only once. Only one stab. Other than that, they're all cuts. Only yeah. one stab to, in her arm to her bone. Other Everything else is just straight cuts. I think the one to her bone was also a cut. I think she was cut all the way to her bone. But, you know, know, that's up for... Yeah. Yeah. Know, I feel like you would have to... That's like the, the, that's yeah. like the argument of like a stick versus a branch. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my opinion, wouldn't you want to take out the biggest person in the room first? Yeah, because, um, right, because the boys, I mean, if you're an intruder, I personally would think that I would want to take out the parents first and then the children who the parents could do more to me than a child can. Yeah, so if you're coming in and based off the floor plans of the house, you come through, you go through the garage, you go through the kitchen. The first person you see is actually one of the little boys, but you have an overview of seeing the whole living room and you see that the mom is on the couch. Mm-hmm. So if if we're going to go off on the, we're going to go with two sides. There's an intruder and we're going to go off the mom did it. So, and the side of the intruder came in. The intruder came through. He so went intru- to the kitchen. The intruder comes and cuts the screen. Mm-hmm. But, because he had gotten a knife from the kitchen, it's questionable as to what he used to cut the screen. Oh, let's not even get into that one. That's, 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 <laughs> a, that's a really, like, 
big one. But like, let's think of like how this all walk through. So you go through the garage, you go through the kitchen, right? Then the first person you would see would be Damon. Then the second pe person you would see would be Devin. And then the second, the third person you would see is the mom laying on the couch. You could easily walk over Damon, go past, and then go straight to the mom because that'd be the first person you would think. Also, based off the theory of it being somebody who was stalking them, do you think they're going to be stalking them for the mom or they're going to stalk them for the kids? I have I have yet to hear any like murder case where the person really was. Most of the time, if they're if they're stalking kids, they want to rape them. They're pedophiles, yeah. No, yeah, I they're agree. pedophiles. They're not yeah. serial killers just out to kids. There was no, um, no rape within the wife or the kids. So yeah, any of that yeah, is there was no sexual assault. Yeah, no sexual. That's the right way. There's no sexual assault with the kids or anything. So by by it being these kids being killed and not the mom, that's where a lot of the questions start to go up. Damon, right, was stabbed four times? Yes, Damon was stabbed four times on the back. So Damon would be the first person you would see as you walk through the kitchen. Second person would be Devin. So he means he stabbed but he or she. But also think about it, that Darley said that he got up and woke her. So who knows where Damon originally was sleeping too. Very true. Because in the photo and where like the blood spots come through, it shows, well, it shows that majority of it is near the kitchen, which I don't understand because it means the there was a lot of blood in the spot where he was found laying yes. down. <sighs> okay, all right, let, let's go into just all the leaky shit. All right, so and that being the case, actually, this which one would you like to get off first? Which oh well, by the way, thing? when Darley was arrested, she was found guilty and sentenced to death. She is yeah. currently on death row. She was sentenced to death by lethal injection in Texas. And if she is actually sent killed, then she would be the first woman to be killed in like over 100 years. Yeah. Still waiting for... Um, Her sentence. Because there were some... She's still trying to fight it, basically. She's still trying to appeal and clear her name. So she still hasn't been sentenced. To also, the, a side date. note. The kid, the baby, Drake, is still alive, and I don't know how old he is, but he was found with leukemia not that long ago. He's with his dad now. His dad's still alive. His dad still talks about it. Um, just a little side note, I guess. But what would what would be the first? What would be the first like? Not clue, but first little thing where you like to get in, like one that sounds like. You we have to compare contrast. You want to go to the knife. You want to go to the motive. You want to go to. Like, I don't know. Let's talk about the knife. The okay. fact that the knife came from the kitchen set that they had. Yeah. All right. So, as we said before, the person got through the screen. They cut it. It's not like and you can see it. It's a clear cut. It's super clean. It's to the point where, bro, there's, there's no way someone's handed it. There's not a way at all. Uh, but... The tool or the tool, the weapon that was used to kill them was the knife in the kitchen. It was from the kitchen set. They know for a fact. And also, oh shit, we gotta say that the wife, the Darley, she actually touched the stuff around. She put her fingerprints on all of the stuff, and then she admitted to it on the phone. 
So she was worried about the fingerprints on the nine one one call. She does, yeah. That's the first thing she mentions. Well, not the first thing. One of the first things she mentions on the phone when she's talking to nine one one is the fingerprints. But she's already touched everything. This is now why we're talking about the knife. So the knife was taken from the kitchen. The knife was also the thing that that was uh, used for the weapon, but which makes no sense. How the hell did you get in the house if you're slitting the 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 window to get into the garage. If you have nothing to use it, then you have no way of making that perfect slit. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing that came to my mind now is, are they saying that he entered through that or did he leave through that? If he entered and let's say he entered through some other way, which I wouldn't know. Let's, if you're not locking your kitchen door, let's say you're not locking your front door. He walked through the front door he kills them, or he kills the little kids, fights Because then off. why wouldn't he walk out through the front door, too? That's a good question. Why wouldn't he walk out the front door the second time? If, if, if That's why they're saying that he came in through the screen. That he came in the same way he went out. But why go out through the screen? Why not go out through the front door? Because maybe the front door was locked. You unlock that shit? How hard is it to unlock a front door? I don't know. I've never unlocked it. Because you, you, you have to open up the kitchen door to get to the garage. Yeah, maybe the kitchen door wasn't locked. Well, it could have Well, I guess... No, I don't think it would have been if he got in so easily. Mm-hmm. Dude, if you're fucking... I don't know how hard of a sleeper, but you would definitely have to hear somebody... I hear people opening the door, but if you let it close lightly... But if you're breaking in, so it has to be unlocked. You can't really... Well, picking it locked, is that loud enough? No, it's not. All right, so we go off on the tangent of, I mean, not go off on the tangent, we go off on the idea. He goes through the, the, goes through the screen, goes to the kitchen, boom, boom, boom. But this doesn't make any sense. The knife was used, the knife was the kitchen set knife. And there's just no other way of him getting through with a clean cut and the screen and killing them with the same knife. It wouldn't make any sense. Unless he took the fucking knife from the kitchen Days before, I bought the same set of knives and then used that knife to cut through the screen and replace the knife that he bought days before, stabbed him with it, left that knife, and took a knife from the kitchen and took it back home with him so he can make sure he have the matching set of knives. There's no other way. There's no way that... And that's just assuming this is a, a dude as well. Um... That's the whole fucking thing about it. That's the biggest thing that doesn't make any sense. That's the biggest inconsistency of the whole thing is how the hell did he get in with the knife that cuts the screen to kill the kids, not the mom, because she obviously wasn't stabbed hard enough, and then leave the knife behind and then walk out. No fingerprints of anyone else besides hers. Except for the fingerprints that were found on there who they they never found who... Those fingerprints belong to on the knife or on the other stuff. On the other stuff, the the three fingerprints. Well, the... see the other stuff is um, the fingerprints on the other stuff is different, but mm-hmm. the fingerprints on the knife would be the one that I'm talking about. Yeah. Unless the dude put, unless you want to go with the sock being what he used to hold to use to hold the knife, and that's why there's blood on it. But then I feel like it would have had even more blood because it only looked like it had like a drop that's of blood. True. And the sock is another thing. Why was there a child sock three houses down in that alley? 
Like, why wouldn't an intruder take a sock? I mean, unless he accidentally, like, got stuck on him. The sock doesn't make any sense. The sock, the sock doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the sock doesn't make any sense. It's also, to me, a part of the lack of evidence of, like, I would just completely outrule the sock. Um, but you can't outrule the sock because the sock had the child's blood on that. So The whole, the, basically, the whole case has lack of evidence. The sock doesn't bring any justice to it. It just it doesn't causes blame more anyone. Confu- yeah, it does. It, it just it causes does more cause confusion. Me. It just like mm-hmm. I would completely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not your justice system, so obviously, I could say this. But if you're doing a thorough case, you have to keep it in there. I just don't see any significance of that sock. I do. It. Where is that sock going to lead you? Because you have no. You have your. Ba- it doesn't lead you to who did it, but it it makes you question it more. It's like why. Why would there be a sock with their blood on it? That just doesn't make any sense. It's like, and going on the fact that they blame Darlie, it's like, okay, Darlie would have had to kill the kids, then go out to the alley, drop off the sock, and then go back to the house, and then cause the injuries to herself. Because if she would have caused the injuries before she dropped off the sock, then she would have left a blood trail to the sock, which they didn't find. But then that causes contradiction on how her story story is, which I guess, which would make sense of how they allude to her being the one that killed him. You take the idea of her taking the sock to the back alley, right? Yeah. It means these kids have been stabbed. Let's even think of, how would you start this off? Would you go, I slit the fucking, I slit the window, I go through the kitchen, and do you start breaking stuff then, or do you go instantly, I'm going to stab my kids, boom, boom, you have to break something, because she came back and shit was already broken, right? Well, like in this idea of she's she's taking the sock to the alley, or does she break everything at once? I don't know. I really it doesn't make any sense. Her husband only woke up to a glass being broken in the kitchen. Yeah, and, but in yeah, the in the yeah. living room that they were staying in, there was multiple things broken. Yeah, it showed that there was a struggle. So, do you break them before? But then the kids would have been awakened. Or do you break them afterwards and the husband just doesn't hear anything? Yeah. Or you can kill the kids, drop off the sock, and then break everything. And then cut yourself. And then scream. And then call 911. It still doesn't make any sense. Cause it's, and then also this has to be in a time span of like really quick. Yeah, they said it was like two or three minutes. Everything happened, happened in like two or three minutes, yeah. She would have had to run. Yeah. Harry but dropped it, it that sock But it's also just was, droplets of it. blood. It's not a lot of blood. So why? And then her... Okay, yeah, I get it. Her blood's not on it. But how did she only get droplets of both of their bloods? And it's it's like perfect little droplets. I don't know. Maybe she did it to, you know... To look like? To look like there was an intruder. Just to add, it's like... Just to add that, you know... Someone went and dropped off the sock. Whoever the intruder, whoever it was, took a sock and then left it. 
one good thing her mom pointed out, because I have to play devil's advocate as well, is that if she did it, if Darley did it, why wouldn't she just leave a sock in the back of her house? She did say that too. Why not? Why why bring it three houses down? Like what significant? Like what is the significance about the distance? Why? The, the, to try and elude the police. Honestly, I'm surprised they even found the shit. I'm, I am too. That's yeah. They a were looking sock pretty out far. Of all things, and it, this doesn't make any sense. Okay, the sock. Um, that gives you enough evidence of why that shit makes zero sense. It doesn't, the, the whole case of just her, how she says it's set, is set up, doesn't make any sense. But then again, you have to cop her a plea by saying she was unconscious for some of it and she just can't remember. Yeah. The only person, the only eyewitness of it is her and the her little boy. Then the little boy before he died. Um, other than that, you can't take any, anyone else's word, just assuming. The husband doesn't make any sense. He only woke up to a the wine glass breaking. breaking and then that makes no sense because there's blood on the floor underneath the glass, not on top. Mm-hmm. Makes that makes sense because there were again, bloody footprints. Yeah, bloody with footprints. The glass on top of the footprints, but the blood wasn't on the glass. So it's not like someone stepped in the glass, cut their feet. And it's bare footprints. It's not yes, shoes. It's yes, not. It's, yeah, were, it's, yes. it's bare footprints. Mm-hmm. It's not shoes. Now what? Why? Why was her why was her foot bloody? I mean blood and not blood. Because she could have been stepping on the blood of the kids. The kids, but wouldn't you feel that though? You yeah, know? but would that make you stop? Yes. It would make if you stepped on your kids' blood. If I stepped not just my kids' blood, because it's dark, I didn't know it was blood. Mm-hmm. If I stepped on something wet. Well no no no, and this is the I still going on the idea of like if she stepped on the kids' blood but she's running out the house to take that sock somewhere. Well no, because that would lead all the way through. That would lead to the, they would see the steps of blood all the way, at least to the garage. It would stop, you know, once you hit, let's say they had concrete floor, the blood would start to be off their foot, her foot. So it wouldn't leave a trail to the sock, but it could definitely uh, trail to the kitchen door. The footprints were in the kitchen. They were in the kitchen, but yeah. it would lead to the kitchen door, though. I'm not sure. Mm. Honestly, I don't know what way the, the feet were facing. I don't think it stated that. No, but I mean, it that would was be, in the kitchen. That would be, yeah. That wouldn't be like a really big thing, but it would make sense. Like, okay, if, hmm. Well, then if she fucking followed him to the kitchen, did but you not glass follow breaking, him outside? But also, she heard the glass breaking when she followed him to the kitchen. Why would the glass be on top of the bloody footprints? If she left those footprints walking to the kitchen, following the guy, she didn't say the glass broke there. She said the glass broke before she was even in the kitchen. So it's like, why would the glass be on top of the bloody footprints? This makes zero sense. You, if you're saying that you don't remember anything because he could have put you, you know, he could have, you could have been Rendered unconscious, Rendered unconscious. Right? That means in this two to three minute time span of her husband not hearing anything, but yeah. she also woke yeah. up super fast from being un- unconscious. I've never fainted. I've never had any of that stuff. So I don't know how fast you really should. But if you hit your head, I don't know what the average time is, but two to three minutes, like that means in within her hitting her head, 30 seconds, she woke back up and then she went to go follow the dude without, uh, she's not saying she's Daisy, but then again, and then that she, makes didn't, no sense. she didn't even scream when she saw the guy or 
Nope. I mean, when she was being supposedly, you know, fighting the guy, she wasn't making noise. She wasn't screaming. Her children didn't make any noise or scream because her husband obviously wasn't awakened by anything but a glass breaking. If you're, if you're awakened by the glass breaking that's downstairs underneath you, you should be awakened by the fucking pots breaking, by all that stuff. By your wife screaming, yeah. help me, or what are you Anything. doing? Like, who are I'm you? One glass breaking, and that wakes you up, that you that kind of signifies you're a light sleeper. Two-story house. You're not, in the, you're not on one level. It's glass breaking, hitting the ground. Mm-hmm. You hear that shit. You're waking up. You should be able to hear all the stuff downstairs. All the struggle that's oh, yeah, going exactly. on downstairs, which her injuries show that there was a struggle. Just depends on who did it. Yeah. What else doesn't make any sense? There was dust on the window seal. Oh, yeah, there was dust, but it was on... Undisturbed. Undisturbed dust. Yeah, there was dust under the window seal that had been cut, and it was undisturbed. But the only thing is, the way the windowsill was bound to have somebody break through that shit and just go in it, the windowsill was on the floor of, so it kind of goes like a step. The garage is a little lower than the ground level of the house. So you're, as you look through it, let's say from outside looking in, you're above and then the window and you would step underneath the window because it goes up and down, and then you would walk through the window, and you have, it's like a lunge, basically. You can do a lunge into inside the garage. You would go from outside, slide open the window, lunge underneath the window. You don't have to touch the dust, though. That's yeah. the only thing. Is you don't have to touch the window, so if you're, I mean... Even averagely or even under average. Because it also athletic, didn't even say how big it. the window was. Because that would also play a part. It's like, how big was the window for a person of what size to fit but through the window? But we got to see the dude go, the, one of the detectives go back and forth underneath mm-hmm. it. He did it perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, without a doubt, like, without a struggle, he was totally okay with going underneath that thing. So, it just what are you wearing? If you're if you're coming in to stab two kids and fucking fight with the mom, are you worrying about the dust? Are you worrying about being that clean? And there's no other murder like murders like happen in that town. Like, what is the motive of anyone else that a stalker or not? Like, what is the motive of anyone trying to harm that family? Because it was an attempted break in, but it was across town. It was like on the other side of the town that they were in. There wasn't an attempted break-in? It was an attempted break-in, yeah. But that was it. Same day or... Yeah, that same night. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't know anything like that. On the other side of town. Hmm. I don't fucking know. Yeah, and she still claims her innocence. Her family, none of her family believes that she could have done it. But, yeah, it doesn't... I don't know. You know, it it goes both ways. I don't want to say that she did it. I don't want to say that she didn't do it because she was found guilty. But at the same time, everything is just so wishy-washy. Like, it just isn't... Her being found guilty doesn't do anything to me. They didn't find O.J. Simpson's guilty. It legit... The re- and another reason why the case is open now. So, one of the fingerprints... So, we're going to go talk about the fingerprints and we're going to talk about the car. The fingerprint 
Uh, so there was three. One was identified, right? And the other two weren't. No, I don't think any of them were identified. None of them no. were identified, but one's been tested, the other two weren't. Yeah. That's what it was. One has been tested, the other two weren't. So, and the two that, was, that wasn't that was identified, not identified, the two that wasn't tested was the ones on the door. Mm-hmm. So the detective will, um, no, Dar- Darley's attorney has asked to receive them so he can go get tests for those. Um, and he's asked for that nine years. The judge said yes? The judge said yes, but it's been taking them such a long time. Because the state of Texas says no to give yeah. them evidence. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the state of Texas says no, they don't want to give them the evidence, but the judge has said yes because that's a big, big deal of the um Of, of the, the case, case, that's a pretty make it or break. You know, if they find yeah. out those fingerprints lead to someone else, it's like, well, who yeah, else exactly. could have been in the house? Darlene, if it's Darlene's fingerprints, then it'll be okay, back to you. The fingers points right back to you. That's none of their fingerprints, and they can't find. I mean, even if they don't find the killer, at least you would know the innocence of Darlene. The thing is, the cops had her in their mind as the main suspect since day one. So also, let's think about it like this. I would like allude to this shit to like O.J. Simpson. When the O.J. Simpson case was going on, there was so many controversy things happening at the time. The cops were so tacky with it and weren't like really keeping up to par and keeping like all the that thing stuff with the oj simpson case was that they didn't keep the scene clean yeah that's another this, thing that scene was saying. contaminated but this case i don't think this case was contaminated i think no, they, they did the right people protocol were in and out. for the darley case yeah because you, you sure? have to have the medics come in and you had like all the cops come through and every all that stuff yeah. So, but the medics, they were tested against the fingerprints, and it wasn't theirs. Well, I'm not... Same with the cops. But as far as, like... Contamination? Yes. Yeah. There was a lot of people going through. She already touched the knife. That fucked up yeah. everything. Yeah. That was dumbass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, even if she touched the... So, if even if she touched the wall, and that's the one that they're not testing, and let's just say, she touched that wall, and they find out the fingerprints are hers, it would just make her look like the killer even more. Um, messy shit, but okay. One conspiracy. So not one conspiracy. Yeah, one conspiracy is that the husband's in on it, and it's because of like the bad financial times. They were trying to have a burglar. I hate saying burglar. That, burglar in inside the house, rob the house basically to get insurance money back because they didn't have money as much at the time. And the dude hired, the husband hired, um, like, the wrong dude. And it just went too far. And that person's still at large. So that's one idea, is that the husband was in on it. That's the reason why he didn't get up to do anything about it. And it went too far, and the kids were killed, yada, yada, yada. Which makes no fucking sense. Because then I feel like the husband would have just been like, well, he did it. Well, then the husband would go to jail. Wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. Yeah. Also, I don't know if I said this before, the husband's emotionalist as he talks about this stuff. Since the beginning, all the way up until the recent interviews of him, like in the beginning, as he says, like how he, like, he could react how he touched the child and without a single teardrop, like, like at all, like nothing bothered him at all. And... If you don't think that makes, like, to me, 
showing emotions doesn't make or break a case because everyone uh, goes through stuff differently. But that also make and bro- broke this case because a lot of people were saying that the way that Darley was acting at this birthday celebration, how she was acting so happy and so, you know, even when she was bubbly. in the hospital when they were telling her that her kids were like they didn't make it, she didn't seem to be Care. yeah exactly too like she didn't cry. Mm-mm. The cop said that when he got there, that he told Darley to go help her son, and she didn't. That she didn't really care. And when they took Drake into the hospital bedroom to give her a kiss, she turned away. She didn't want to. She didn't want a kiss from Drake. That's what I heard. But then again, I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about that time. But that makes even more sense. Messy case. Um, so that's one. So mainly, it is it did Darlene do it or did she not? Uh, if not, is it something with her husband did, or is it the soccer? Because other than that, that's the only three other ideas that you can give. There was no one else. Pretty, you know, uh, it was pretty nice area. They didn't really have anything. That no one said anything about. Um, I actually know. Wait, didn't they say that the dad had some like money stuff? He was taking loans. I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't know either. I think it's the only other conspiracy that you can think of. Is this a dad putting basically a hit out for his house to get robbed so yeah. he can take money and out? And that Darlie was um, severely depressed. Mm-hmm. That she had postpartum depression because she had gained a few more pounds than she intended to from her third pregnancy. And that she was on diet pills, you know, trying to lose that weight. But that on top of the financial strain that they were going through that it just all kind of broke her but then with that theory it's like why would you only kill two of your kids why not kill all of them and they also elaborate setup for somebody with postpartum depression it's a really big it's a really big setup it's like a lot of the cases yeah they just are out of it and somebody else catches them with it and it's just it points straight to them this one's more like it's yeah. had a big grand scheme of how to hide it yeah and yeah cause it's like Andrea Yates she she admitted to it she mm-hmm. said that yeah I did it and then like the other case with um I don't remember her first name but her last name was Smith um which was a few years before Darley's mm. that uh, she had drove her car with both of her kids into the river and killed both of her kids and she also admitted to it she's like yeah I did it yeah, they probably hide it for a little bit, but they yeah they they both came to their senses after a while and was like yeah mm-hmm. I did it yeah. Darling on the ha- other hand, and then Darling just anything. still to this day she's still saying no I didn't do it she's denying it she's not. She's sticking to her story. She's sticking to her story that and she saw a man in her house, and that is the man who is responsible for the death of her two boys. Alright, well, that's enough on fucking the wacky tacky Darlene. Um, with that, yeah, basically, do you see her doing it? Or what do you like to go with? As watching it, we seen it, we, I would say we went we went over the store and we watched the videos. And at first, it was like, no, Darlene did it, whatever, whatever. And then watched the video, I was like, hold on for a second. Maybe they wrongfully accused her because of how strong they were on just thinking it was her. 
But then when I figured out like the knife thing where it was like, that doesn't make any sense. That person had to take that knife from inside the house, slit the thing that he just obviously, he either transported into the house, killed the little kids, stabbed the mom only, and then was like, you know what? I lost my transport, like porting skills. And then I'm going to slit the fucking thing and throw the knife back in the house and then walk out. There's no fucking... It makes no sense. The whole yeah, because the scenario, knife was found in the kitchen. Yeah, she no. said she picked it up when she walked into the kitchen. The whole knife scenario is yeah. so inconsistent. That's the one like big leaky faucet of the whole case is that it's super inconsistent. Um, I don't guess it was Casey Anthony. Or if you got, you know, anything else to talk about? That, I, mean, I think that's it. But those are the facts, you know. Yeah. Dar- fuck, fuck Darlene. That's all I can say. Darlene. Darlene, Darlene. So many fucking D's. Anybody that names their kids, anybody that marries anyone, well, no, I guess it's Joss and Jose, so I can't be That's exactly what I was thinking, too. <laughs> but if you guys were to name your kids, like, Jose Jr. and Jr. and, like, Javi or something like that, that's so fucking annoying. Like I would never. There would yeah exactly. There would never. Jimmy. Yeah, there would never be a Pierre Junior. There would never be like Peter Paris, um, Paul. No. Parker. Yeah, like mm-hmm. hell no. There would be no kid that has the same initial as mine. Nope. Did you ever notice that Jocelyn? You can't spell Jocelyn without Jose. Yeah, so you guys say that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <a good> <laughs> it's the corniest thing out of you guys' relationship. It's funny. It's cute. But I think I, th- I remember you putting it in the caption of a photo. I did because I didn't yeah. realize until like a year or two after we started dating. I was like, really? oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it took me a minute. That's it took me a minute. That's I was like, goofy. oh, that's actually, that's funny. That's funny. There's and it's no funny, too, because, you know, Jocelyn isn't always spelled with an S. It just so happens to be that mine is. I don't know that many Jocelyn's, to be honest with you. But yes, it's even spelled with a C. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Because I feel like an S just makes so much more sense. Right. Right. But then no one spells it with an S. Darren. Devin. Drake. Damon. Damon. And then Darley. Darley. That's a fucking... That's annoying. Yeah. Definitely got photos taken at the mall wearing all the same outfits. <sighs> You know what the sad part is? Uh, My family has photos taken at the mall wearing all the same outfits, but we uh, didn't have we didn't have the same name. It was it was white t shirts and blue jeans. It's one of the tightest. Oh, and then you guys are standing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and tightest photos yeah. we have. It's like it's like seeing the Godfather or like seeing like the dog pound, uh, like Snoop Dogg shook night with the all black and all. Yeah. That. It's like one of those. Well, same isn't photos. your dad's name Paris? Yeah. See, that's another and then, thing. Yeah, and then there's I'm you, Pierre, Pierre. And then there's Paris Junior, and I just think yeah. that's stupid. I don't think, I think Paris and Pierre isn't stupid, but I think anytime naming your kids after yourself is kind of weird. I think it's just on... PJ, he's talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> well, PJ knows. PJ has his own ideas about his thing, but anytime, I think it's un, uncreative. Like, nah, I'm not naming a fucking kid Pierre Jr. That's my hot take on his fucking name. Fuck that, dude. Hell nah. Nah, I'm, would you, can... Have you ever heard of a like girl's name being named after their mom? Yeah, there's a few. My mom is named after her mom. Really? Yeah. So she's junior. She's not a junior, but yeah, she's named after her mom. If she's named after her mom, then she's junior. 
But no, like you don't put the girl, name Junior. Why don't you put the the word like the name Junior and like a girl? But you do in a guy. That's why I was, that's why I was allude to because I was like, nah, she's Junior for sure. But yeah. just because she's a girl, we don't say that. I don't know. I, Jose's I know named that. after his dad too. Which would make sense. Like guys do it all the time. But as I was saying that no nobody does it for a girl. But then you said your mom. She's Junior. How do you, how do you say junior in Spanish? Junior. Put an A at the end of it instead of the O. Junior. No, you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's get into the Casey Anthony's junior. one. Okay. This case makes me so angry. This one's also really recent. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing this growing up. Um, it's sad, too, that this happened in 2008, so pretty recent. Little girl would be about, what, like 13? Yeah. Yeah. About to get ready to either, like, graduate in eighth grade or getting ready to go to freshman year. Yeah. So, Casey Anthony lived in Orlando, Florida with her daughter, who is two years old, Kaylee Anthony, and her two parents, George Anthony and Cindy Anthony. George is a former cop, and Cindy is a registered nurse. People describe Casey as a very happy, fun, loving, bubbly person. They say that she was a great mom, that Kaylee was very smart for a two-year-old little girl. That she seemed to be a very attentive mother. Casey got pregnant with Kaylee when she was 19 years old. And at first, she didn't tell her parents who the father was. She just said that it was some guy who she only dated for a few months, but he's not in the picture anymore. And it wasn't until the birth of Kaylee that her parents actually met the guy whose name is Jesse. But later on, turns out through DNA testing that Jesse was not her dad. And then Casey came up with the story that Casey's real dad had actually died in a tragic accident. I don't think she came. She came up with it, or that was actually that was actually what happened. They don't know. They don't. They don't know. Oh. Yeah, no, they don't know. Cause he he died, so there was no way of you know. Ah, very true. Testing that, and she never said any yeah, names or anything. Yeah, she wasn't being honest. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna find out that she she's not a very honest person. She yeah. She likes to make up her stories. So, on June 16th, 2008, Casey told her parents that she was going to go on a little trip with Kaylee because at this time she was bouncing around jobs and she had a job in another city. Mm -hmm. So she was going to take Kaylee with her. In Tampa, right? Yes, I think it was in Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they were living in Orlando at this time. Also, so, Florida is really weird. Okay. <laughs> and so a week turns into another week because Kaylee, Casey, sorry, Casey told her mom, Cindy, that she was having car problems and that she needed to stay another week to get it fixed. So that happens. And then they just, you know, kind of don't hear from her for a minute until... Casey's car gets towed 
Mm-hmm. And her parents get called to the, go get it. And they bring the car back. And they said that the car smelled really bad. According to Cindy, it said that it smelled like a dead body had been in her car. And according to George, it also had been. Keep in mind, according, they, Cindy said that she had smelled burnt bodies before. She had smelled deceased bodies before. That she, being a registered nurse, she had been in a mortuary in a morgue. And that she, she knew what a dead body smelled like. And George, being a former cop, he did too. So, they. I thought Casey was the one that was a, uh, a nurse. No, Casey was not a nurse. Oh, hello. Cindy was the registered nurse. So they take it back to the house, and Casey, I don't know if Casey was already there at that point or if she had just gone there, but Casey is at the house, not with Kaylee. And she confesses to her mom that Kaylee is gone, that it has been 31 days since she last saw Kaylee, and that she has no idea where she is. And so Cindy calls 911 and very calmly tells the operator that her granddaughter is missing and that she has been missing for quite some time now and attempts to file a child. Mm-hmm. It was K- Casey that called. Sydney calls back and says, my daughter's car smells like... Nope, that's a second phone call. She called three uh-huh. times. There were three phone calls. So the first call, she very calmly calls the police... Calls 911, tells him that. She tries to file a missing child report. And then they get into another argument. And Casey goes to her brother's room. And as Cindy is walking past her brother's room, she hears that Casey is telling her brother that Zanny took Kaylee and won't give her back. And Zanny was supposed to be Kaylee's nanny. And so her mom is like, what do you mean Zanny won't give her back? And then Casey is like freaking out and is like, yeah, like she won't give her back. She says, I went up, I went to go get her and she said, you can't have her. So this is where Cindy calls 911 again and tells them, I think something is wrong. I found my daughter's car today and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. And that is when she says that Kaylee, her granddaughter, has been missing for a long time. And then Casey picks up the phone very calmly. Is like, my daughter has been missing for 31 days. And the operator is like, why didn't you report this the first day? And Casey is like, well, I don't know. I was just trying to look for her on my own, trying to use my own resources to find her. And I, I didn't get her back. So the police come. And they immediately start questioning everybody because 31 days is a long time for a child to be missing. When a child goes missing, the first 24 hours are crucial because any longer than that, the chances of finding the child alive goes down. Decreases like dramatically. Yeah, with every hour that the child is missing, the chances of finding the child. You know what was crazy? Back then, they used to, like, I don't like. For a while, they kept saying, like, you don't report a person missing until 24 hours. That's an adult. That's an adult? You don't report an adult adult missing for Because an adult can go and come as they please, so it's like, you should wait a little bit, you Mm. know? Because they could come back. I thought they said, I thought it was reported 
Well, actually, no. I guess this would be an advice. Report it, and then if, you know, like, report it because let it be known, but they probably won't do stuff until another 24 hours. But yeah. if you let it be known, like, they aren't responding, yada, 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 and then you have to report it again. Like, I finally, like, I've been doing whatever I can, and this person still hasn't been, like, responding back. Yeah, no, for a child, you want to get on that immediately. Because it's Not a child. 31 days. Nope. Not 31 days. Immediately. The moment you know that your child is not in your care and you have no idea where they are, you you go. You go yeah. find your child. Tell the police. They will do a better job than you finding your own resources, whatever that means. According to Casey, those resources were her going to every known spot that she knew that Nanny would take. Zanny would take Kaylee, like parks and stores and stuff. And she just couldn't. So... They take Casey to the police station, and they ask her what happened. Casey says that she dropped her off at the babysitter's a month ago. And that when she tried to go get her back, Zanny said, no, we can't have her back. And when she tried to call Zanny's phone number, the number was out of service. And so the cops take no. The cops do take her to the apartment, but I also want to mention that at this point, Casey said that she was an event planner at Universal Studios. So the cops take her to Zanny's house, and Casey points out to the apartment as to where Zanny supposedly lived. The cops go, and they find that the apartment is vacant. There's no furniture in there. There's nothing in there. And so they go back and they tell her and she's so adamant that no, that is where she lives, that is where she lives. And she tells him that Zanny's real name is Anita Gonzalez. That she has been... Quick question. This takes place in Orlando, correct? Yes. Okay, just making sure because I looked up where Universal Studios was. Yeah, I just, wanted, yeah I just wanted to make yeah. sure that it would make sense. Yeah, so Zanita Gonzalez, she says that she has been her Kaylee's nanny for a couple years and that, you know, she was really good with Kaylee. Kaylee liked her. And she gave a physical description to the police. And that the reason why she hadn't told her parents before about Kaylee going missing was because she was so embarrassed and she didn't want to confront her parents. So she went to her boyfriend's house mm-hmm. instead. Her boyfriend's name is Tony Lazaro. But we'll get to him later. So the cops are trying to look for the Zaneda Gonzalez and why am I saying that? Zaneda Gonzalez. Zaneda Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why do you double back on that? Because I don't know why I'm saying Gonzalez. That's not that's not how I should say it, okay? So they try to look for the Zaneda Gonzalez and the detectives go to the landlord and they find out that no one has lived in that apartment for months. And that no Zaneda Gonzalez has lived there. Like there's no no one under that renter's name, like never. So, they start to question Casey a little bit. And they learn that Casey had told two of her co-workers at Universal Studios that Kaylee was taken by Zanny the nanny. Mm-hmm. So, they want to go find these co-workers and they want to go talk to them. So, they take Casey to Orlando, to the Universal Studios. And Casey goes up to the guard and tells them her name. And he says, there's nobody under that name as an employee here. 
And she's like, no, are you sure? Like, I work here. And he's like, nope, no, you don't. And she's like, well, I want to talk to the manager. So he brings out the manager. And the manager's like, no, like, um, we don't know anybody of that name. But we'll go check in the files to just to make sure. So they get taken out to the back. And as she's walking to the back office, she is saying hi to coworkers. She's saying hi to people. And the people aren't, like, saying anything back to her. Those niggas don't know her at all. Yeah. So when they get to the back office, she confesses to the police that she doesn't actually work there. And the police then are like, why? Like, why are you lying? You know, like, your child is missing. You should not be lying to us. Like, this it's is... It's been 31 fucking yeah, days. Yeah, like, and this you're, is... And you're, you're giving us bullshit. It's been yeah. 31 days. You're getting us to run around. You're not making sense. Yeah. So, they are just upset and so fed up with her that they start, you know, to kind of think that maybe, maybe there's no such thing as Zanny the Nanny. Maybe Zanny the Nanny didn't take her. So then... The cops remember about the car, how the car smelled like death. So they get a warrant, and they take her car, and they inspect the car, and as soon as they go to the garage to get the car, they notice the smell. The smell was horrible. They said that it definitely smelled like a decomposing body had been somewhere in that vicinity, and they decided to get cadaver dogs because cadaver dogs are trained to smell decomposing flesh and that they went all around the car and that the dog alerted at the trunk of the car so they get a warrant to check inside of the car and when they open the trunk it looked like it had been vacuumed it looked like it had been cleaned but there was a big stain about the size of a child and they also found hairs in the trunk of the car so they decide to get the hairs and they decide to cut a piece of the stain to see what it was to test it and then the parents are questioned and cindy completely retracts her statement of the car smelling like a dead body there was also garbage found there was bags of garbage found in the trunk of the car so cindy said that hold on we have to tell them her ass said it was a fucking old pizza in the back of yeah, the Yeah, yeah, so th- th- that's what I was going to oh, say. okay. Yeah, so when Cindy is being questioned, she retracts her statement saying that it was a dead body and that it was actually the garbage that was in the back, that there was a very old dead, pe- old dead pizza, that there was a very old pizza with maggots and that that is what was causing the smell. But the police was like, well, you are a registered nurse. You said that you know what decomposing flesh smells like. You should know what pizza, rotten pizza smells like. Like, those are two total different things. He said that is his own expert opinion. Those are two total different things. And Cindy was just so adamant that, nope, it was had to be the pizza. It wasn't decomposing flesh. She just said that to try and get the cops to go to her house quicker. Which you, everybody knows, you live in a nice, like, white neighborhood. Them days coming quick as hell. They don't care. <laughs> It's, it's a white neighborhood. They come as fast as possible. So for her to even lie, it just made the whole family look, like, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So Casey got arrested for child neglect. And they couldn't charge her with murder because, you know, no body was found at this point. So she just gets charged with child neglect. And she is in jail waiting, waiting for trial. And waiting for the police to come up with more evidence. 
So the police want to find this Tony Lazaro, who supposedly Casey had been staying with for those 31 days that Kaylee was missing. And they find that he has a roommate, Clint House. And Clint said that he had met Casey and that from the beginning of Casey and Tony's relationship, she would come to the house and that she was very nice and friendly. And that a few weeks into the relationship, she brought Kaylee over and that Kaylee would come quite often to the house. That he had built a good relationship with Kaylee that Casey would bring Kaylee over about three times a week and that she was a very smart little girl, that he felt that Casey was a very attentive mother and they had a very good relationship between mother and daughter. And then it went from bringing Kaylee over three times a week to bringing her every now and then to the middle of June, not bringing her at all. It was just Casey by herself. And that when they asked her where Kaylee was, she would just say, oh, she's with Yanni the nanny, or she's with my parents in Orlando. Wait, let me ask you this. Does the mom know who Zanny the nanny is? Cindy? Yes. No, she had never met Zanny the nanny. Okay, that's stupid. All right. Yeah. So, and keep in mind, she had been her nanny, supposedly, for a couple years now. Yeah, the mom has been watching the kid for a while. Oh, wait, no, no, no. So... Wait, that's no, that's said later. That's me jumping. Go ahead. Zanny's been the nanny for a couple years. Mom's yeah. never met her. None of that shit. No, but All mom, right. mom and dad would also watch Kaylee because they lived, they lived together. Mm-hmm. Lived in the same house, and um, they loved the little girl. They, they, they took care of her. Like it wasn't, you know, big deal. Yeah. So. Casey just was so adamant on her story about Zanny the nanny, saying that she was just afraid that Zanita Gonzalez would hurt Kaylee, so that's why she didn't call the cops, and just, you know, she had no idea where Kaylee was. And then comes... As you look for the date, I just want to remind you guys how weird fucking Florida is. <laughs> That's the reason why I will never go. I can live my whole life. You know, the only reason why I would love to go to Florida is someone could take me on a Scarface tour. It take me to the spots where, like, that movie was shot. And I want to see, like, what the house, like, if that house was still there, what that would look like. That's so tight. I used to play the <laughs> PS2 Scarface game. That shit was so tight. It was hard. I didn't beat it. So on October 15th, 2008, Casey is charged and arrested with murder. It's not child neglect anymore, it's murder. And a few months go by and they're still trying to, you know, build a case against her. There's still no body until December 11th, 2008. Kaylee's remains are found in the wooded area near their grandparents' house. It was about a mile to a mile and a half away. Her remains are found in garbage bags. And there is one canvas bag found near her body. And she, with her body, was also a Winnie the Pooh blanket. So the police are immediately, you know, jumping on that, trying to get as much evidence as they can from her body. Her body was severely decomposed. Let me, hold on. This is a call of the person who found the fucking body. 
Let me just basically just go off of this is what Pierre hears. Hi, I'm a meter man. Hello, operator. Hey, operator. I found I found something. Not sure necessarily what it is. It might be Kaylee. This nigga just jumps to it being the dead body of Kaylee. I get it. Kaylee was a big deal, especially in the local area. This nigga doesn't say it's a dead body. He goes instantly. It might be Kaylee. Like, ah, I just assumed because I never, I, I don't know anything about, like, I know everything about this case. So it just might just be her. Like, I'm not going to guess it's anything else. The nigga just says, it might be Kaylee. All right, thank you, operator. I'm off the phone now. Come get this body. Meter man's, right? <laughs> yeah, um, in the court, uh, he testified that he actually picked up the skull with the stick. Oh, see, didn't know that. If I'm going off the phone call, like... Oh, you... did you think that, like, her body was covered in the bags? Like, there was... Yeah. No, That's so her saying, body, like, the... the skull was, like, on the top of, like... So her body was spread out because animals came and scavenged her body. So her remains were kind of spread out through the wooded area. What the meter man found was a skull in the garbage bags. So the Still, skull was, like, on top. This might be Kaylee. But yeah, because she was a she was decompo- decomposing at this time. At like a, she was just bones at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was she was not there. Yeah, she was so severely decomposed that they could not figure out a cause of death. Still, they couldn't. A forensic anthropologist went and she she couldn't figure out because the body was so severely decomposed. And so immediately they start trying to build a case against Casey and trying to figure out what happened. <coughs> It's okay. Bless you. And they go back to the grandparents' house, and they find that those canvas bags had come in pairs of two. And they found the other canvas bag that belonged to the canvas bag that was found with Kaylee at the grandparents' home. It was actually, I believe it was used as, like, a laundry bag. So then they go to Kaylee's room, and they see that her room is themed Winnie the Pooh. So that the blanket that was found with her had to come from her bedroom because the blanket was Winnie the Pooh. My stomach? That was your stomach. That was my tummy. It's okay. My stomach's been doing that the whole time, too. I was hoping you wouldn't hear it. Now I heard. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So they, you know, Kaylee, they've realized that Kaylee's. The things that were found with Kaylee had to come from the grandparents' house and Casey's house. I, I don't just want to say grandparents' house because Casey also lived there with Kaylee. So, the trial comes. And going back to the stain that was found in the trunk, a scientist, he was an anthropologist, and his last name was Voss, so Dr. Voss. Wait, wait. Can we talk? Cause I, I still don't know what an anthropologist is. A forensic anthropologist is basically a person who studies bones. Right, an anthropologist itself would study, like, there's so many anthropologists. There's, like, a culture anthropologist would study cultures. Uh, I'm guessing... Cultures bones? No, no, just cultures. An anthropologist is just an oh, expert... a person that studies that little, like, whatever that says in front of it? Like forensic. Yeah. Let me look up an exact definition because I don't want to tell you false information. Did you hear that? Yeah. I hope they don't pick it up. No. Okay, cool. 
definitely grounding time actually but this one yeah so anthropology itself is a scientific study of humans and human behavior in societies so cultural anthropology we know studying humans how they interact in cultural forensic anthropology was a study of human bones he was an anthropologist what exactly i don't know but i'm guessing he was a forensic forensic. he had to be a forensic anthropologist but he was also a scientist who had come up with this new technique of getting evidence. So with the stain that was found in the trunk, he decided to put it in a paint jar and seal it. So what he was trying to do with this was that he wanted to get the components of the air. Mm-hmm. Because the when that you release, exactly yeah. because when you die, you release gases and he figured that if he could find what made what chemicals made up those gases, he would be able to say if those were decomposing gases. So he seals it up into the paint can. He gets the vapor and he puts it into a machine that separates everything. And he comes up on the conclusion that, yes, the only explanation for that is that there had to be a dead body there. Honestly, if you ask me, it sounds, it sounds pretty soundproof. If somebody did that, I could easily be like, okay. And then that lets me know, like, there was a dead body back there. But now I'll go on and... Yeah, so this also was a technique that was new. Had never been done before. So that, that, that'll play into it later. Then the hairs that were found in the trunk belonged to someone with brown hair, and it had been untreated. And they decided to test the hair shaft with mitochondrial DNA analysis. And this is a DNA that you only get from your mom. So they tested the DNA, and it matched Cindy Anthony, the grandma. And the only possible people who this hair could have came from was Kaylee Anthony, Casey, or the grandma, which was Cindy. But the hair was brown and it was untreated hair, meaning it had never been dyed. So it was a natural piece of brown hair. Therefore, their only explanation was that it was Casey's. Also, one of the hairs that they found had this black band around it. Mm -hmm. And according to hair analysis, this is known as the decomposing band. And it only happens when the hair is coming from a body that has been decomposing so with the evidence of the stain containing the chemicals of a decomposing body and the hair you know they came to conclusion that it had to be kaylee's pretty much you're looking for the fucking person the mom is acting like a weirdo yeah and the body is a lot i mean the stains in the back is a like um that's that's size of a little girl mm-hmm. or a size of a child, child and it's the mom's car like you would say guilty as charged but you know in the thing of law and the thing of how they do cases you can't just outrule and say it's the mom you still have to figure you have out. to have the evidence yeah. so dr boss also found very high levels of chloroform chloroform naturally will come from a decomposing body but he said the levels in the trunk were so high that it couldn't have just came from a decomposing body that it had to come from something else so then the cops still trying to build their case find that 
the computer at the Anthony's home had chloroform DIY searched up. That someone had tried to search up how to make chloroform. And at the trial, when Cindy was questioned, she said that it was her. That she was the one that had tried to look up chlorophyll because one of her dogs had eaten a bamboo plant that was at their house and was getting sick. And in trying to find chlorophyll, she found chloroform. And she was just curious and just kept, you know, typing away, looking at things. And that is why the chloroform search had been on the computer. But the prosecution brought out her time cards. And it couldn't have possibly been Cindy because at the time that the chloroform had been searched at the family home, Cindy was at work. But Cindy was adamant saying that, nope, if it says that it was chloroform, it was me and I couldn't have been at work. I had to be at home because I did that search. So the prosecution is just trying their best. They're using the the fact that the levels of chloroform were so high that, you know, Casey must have rendered Kaylee unconscious and that she had also they had also found duct tape with the remains i forgot to mention that they had found duct tapes with the remains so the prosecution said that she must have gave her chloroform to put her to sleep and then she duct taped her nose and her mouth and that kaylee just you know peacefully died in her sleep it's wild so they used the fact that someone had tried to search up chloroform because you can buy chloroform <laughs> at a store but it's also really easy to make. Yeah, so it's even weird. But I, I don't know what you use. I know chlorophyll, but chlorophyll is like plants. a fucking oil, if I'm not mistaken. Chlorophyll comes from plants. Yeah, and that's like I don't know how you do D D D I Y with it. Like, yeah, and then you just go ahead and buy that one. Like you, could, that's like saying DIY aloe vera. No, it, you just get it from the plant. Yeah. Chlorophyll, I believe you just get it from the plant. So it's like, why are you trying to? Like, what kind of question is that to even search that up? There's some stupid stuff we search up on Google, but that's one where you're just like, no, I gotta buy yeah. that. Yeah, well, you know, she's saying since chlorophyll is just so close to the word of chloroform, she just, it just popped up, she clicked on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, the burden of proof lies on the prosecution. They were trying to get the death sentence or the death penalty, so they had to, you know, get that reason, without a reasonable doubt. Yeah. And they used that that story that Casey had rendered Kaylee unconscious. And the defense said that the smell of the decomposing body or whatever mm-hmm. they smelled had came from the garbage bags in the trunk. That Casey had put garbage bags in the trunk. She forgot about them. And with the hot Florida heat, everything just went bad and it smelled like something had died. Think to yourself, when have you ever thought it was a fucking good idea to put trash bags filled with trash in your trunk? Just think, when you can ever see that as being a possible, like, thing to do. Oh, uh, the trash can's full. I'm gonna just go ahead and put this in my car. Well, you know, we do that sometimes, but we don't do it... <laughs> We have a truck, so we put in the bed of the truck. Damn so it, that, I'm trying to make a case so here. I know, but I'm just saying like, this is just one of the reasons why maybe she did it. So 
the reason why we do it, we put in the, we live in apartments, and the trash can is in the front. So when we're going to go somewhere, instead of just walking it, we're just like, okay, you know, we'll put the garbage in the bed of the truck, and then as we're leaving, we'll drive up and we'll stop, and then we'll throw the trash away. I ain't even gonna go on. Go ahead, but, go ahead, go ahead. But I get what you're, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, that is a plus. Maybe she was gonna go truck. throw the trash away, so she put it in her trunk, and then she just forgot about it. I understand it's stupid. Like, I wouldn't put... In a car, though. Yeah, I know. Like I said, we have a truck, so that's why we do it. I wouldn't put it in the trunk of my car, but... Yeah, And she you're did, not double-bagging so. anything, bro. That shit gonna leak, it's gonna spill. Your trunk always gonna smell like the eggs you had four weeks ago. Or the wrong pizza with nuggets. Exactly. Yeah. So, that is that reason. And the defense's story was that Casey drowned in the family pool because the Anthony's had a pool in the back and that, you know, Casey mm-hmm. died and that, not Casey died, sorry, Kaylee died in the family pool and that Casey went to her dad and asked him for help and that he did what a you know great father would do and he disposed of Kaylee's body in the woods. Did you say he would do what a great father would do? That, that's what they were saying. Oh, okay. He was, okay, he was doing say. his job as a father and so he um, in the handbook that I have of being a dad or being a father, my nigga, if one of my kids came up to me and said the kid that I just had died, bro, you on your own. I'm dead ass calling the police. No, right I agree. There. I agree. But you that that was a defense. You, you know, you know, they're they're trying to you know, they're they're doing their job. So, with all the lying that Casey did, because as you know now, Casey did a lot of lying. She lied where she worked. She lied about Zanny the nanny. Oh, I also forgot to mention, this is really important, that the police had found a Zaneda Gonzalez, but that she had no idea who Casey was. It wasn't even in the... Wait, wasn't she like cities over? Yeah, she was really far away. She was nowhere near Orlando. And when they asked her, she had no idea who Casey Anthony was. Think about Zanny, like, for a second. Like, bro was, like, just chilling, kicking it, doing her little nanny business. Like, I'm set. I'm doing this. I'm in I'm in Florida. I'm doing it big. You get a call from the police, like, hey, wait, was Zanny the nanny? Like, she was legal, right? I have no idea. All right. Let's say Zanny nanny, legal, doing a little business, whatever, whatever. You get a call from the police, like, hey, did you take a little ass kid that you ain't never met before? What if she said? What if they? What if they questioned her in front of her clients? Like why she had? Like why she's watching one of the little kids? No, the and like the parents are like in the house. You're like, they're like, we found you. Now did you take this little girl? And I'm sure them cops out there was not fucking around with no little Me- with no Mexican woman named Zanny the Nanny. They was probably asking her like for real, for real. She probably didn't even go by Zanny the Nanny. She probably went by Zanita. Honestly, Zanny the Nanny kind of tight. I think you have to go as by Zanny the Nanny. But only other question, I mean, like, that shit, one, that's hella weird. And then, how did how does Casey think of Zanny the Nanny? The Xanax. Oh, that's, well, yeah, that was one of the things that they're saying. But then they outruled saying, I mean, the parents was like, well, all, we asked all of her friends. And she doesn't said, do drugs. She doesn't do drugs. And then also think to yourself, how many of your friends know that you do drugs? A lot. A lot of your friends know that you do drugs. So, that's the only thing I can think of. Like, I don't know, like, anybody that's, like, closeting doing drugs like that. Like, a lot of people, like, one of their friendly. You're going to notice because yeah. of the way they act. Yeah. Yeah. So. If none of your friends notice that you do a drug, 
Bro, they are not really responsible for your friends. Yeah. But okay, <laughs> go so ahead. That's so true. So, I was going to say something when you said that about the drugs. Okay, in those 31 days, the prosecution found out that in those 31 days that Kelly had been missing, Casey was out partying. She was having the best time of her life, probably with her boyfriend and all of her friends, doing who knows what, but she was not looking for her daughter. So, going back to the defense, to try and dispute Also, the fact, you don't think her friends will lie to her? They could have, yeah. For but I mean, kid, it's like th- that's the thing because the roommate uh-huh. and the boyfriend said they had no idea that Kaylee was missing. Like they hadn't seen her in a, in a while. You know, they hadn't seen her since that's like, true. the beginning of June. So they had no idea. Kaylee was just Casey was saying that Kaylee was with her grandparents or with Zanny the nanny. So they didn't really question it. And the defense said that the reason why Casey was lying so much was because she was taught to lie. She was taught to lie by her dad who was sexually abusing Casey since a young age and that George had taught her to lie so that their secret would never get out and that that is why Casey lied about the job. That is why Casey lied about her whereabouts. That is why Casey lied about Zanny the nanny because she had been taught to be a liar by her dad, George, who was sexually abusing her. Also, you go to jail for fucking lying to the cops about a case that they're trying to solve. I don't remember what the word is, but you can go to jail for it. Uh, it's called, um... I want to say it's like exonerating or something like that. No, when you're exonerated, words. that's when you were... Yeah, that's yeah when you're guilty the and then you're found that's not, not that's guilty. That's definitely not the word. No, okay, it's, it's when you're, um... Oh, man, I'll have it by the end of the episode. Yeah, I probably will too. That's going to bother me. Your... It's something with evidence. Your... You're withholding evidence. It's like, oh, no, no, it's different when you're lying. When you're lying, you're, you're basically, you're trying to deceive the cops by lying, which is what she did the whole entire time. They say police perjury. Yeah, perjury. Perjury is when you're lying. Yeah, it's when you lie to the cops or when you lie during court, which is very illegal. But she did it. She did it the whole time, which makes no sense because your daughter is missing. Wouldn't you want to find her? Obviously not. Not if you're Casey Anthony. Not because you're Casey Anthony. None of your Casey Anthony, you go by yourself and you try to find her on your own. So, when the defense goes up to... Casey Anthony was blue clues for 31 days. Yeah. She was, oh my god. But Casey Anthony was fucking, what's the dude? Um, fuck, what's the dude that used to have the hat? They go back and forth. Sherlock Holmes. Casey Anthony was fucking... The pet detectives for 31 days. Casey Anthony was in her head the best detective there possibly could be. Because obviously... Better than uh, the cops, Yeah, right? exactly. Better than the cops. I work at fucking Atlanta Studios. And I think... She I'm doesn't just, even work yeah. at Universal Studios. And um, honestly, fuck my job. Because I need to go be a detective. So her first case was one of her biggest case. And her last case. It was her own... It was on her own daughter. Oh, man. That's crazy. Like, you know what? I think my I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue being a detective first time without experience with my daughter right here right now. You want to know what's so crazy? This is going off, but now today she is actually working with a PI with a per, uh, private investigator. She takes pictures. She works with him now. What a great cover up! Yeah. 
Because she always wanted to be a photographer. This apparently. fucking justice system. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Let's okay, so shit. defense. We're talking about defense. Defense is trying to, you know, just <sighs> create reasonable doubt in the prosecution's case. And they, when the defense went up to cross-examine George, which is Casey's dad, they never brought up the sexual assault. They never brought up the sexual abuse. Never, ever, never. He just said, you know, this is why she lied, and that's it. He never questioned about it. The niggas heard that she was... Pro- did you say the part that, that he put his penis in her mouth before she went to school? He did. He did say that, yeah. In front of the whole jury, he said Casey would be 13 right before school with her dad's penis in her mouth and then go to school and act like nothing ever happened. And then them niggas did the same exact thing. Act like nothing... They act like they never heard that shit in the court. No one questioned yeah, him about it. he didn't question George about it, nothing. They were just like, okay. Except that... The lawyer, his first name is Jose. I don't remember his last name, of course. But (laughs) he questioned George on this time right after Kaylee's body had been found. I believe it was in late January where he had driven to this random motel, wrote a suicide letter, and drank like 70 pills and drank a bunch of alcohol and tried to kill himself. And he tried to use that suicide letter against him. Where he was saying that he was sorry. He tried to say that George was actually saying that he was sorry for what he did to Kaylee. Yeah. Made it really, like, bounce back and be like, yeah. you know what? He was that basically wasn't... just trying to blame George. Yeah. Saying that, you know, it wasn't my client and, if you know, it was George. And if she did do it, it was because of George. And then... Think of that. Your own flesh and blood. Your own daughter. Mm-hmm. That had her attorney was like, A. Because don't you have to go over those things with your people before you actually make that? Yeah, so, so before her daughter he said had to that, be okay with it. Before he said that, he act, the attorney, Jose, he actually told the parents, look, this is what I'm going to say, this is what I'm going to do. And he told George, as her father, you should, you should take the blame. You would be yeah. a great father if you took the blame. They're definitely going to hear that. I think they're going to hear that one. <laughs> But I'm not just, even gonna blame it out. No, just no. take it off, no. please. No. Fear, you better. <laughs> All right, whatever. I'm gonna blame it on you now. It was fear whatever. the whole time. Whatever. It was fear. Whatever. whatever. <laughs> okay. So, with the whole sexual assault, there are few videos online that you can go look up where Casey is talking to George while she is in jail, and. She is telling George that he is an amazing father, that he has been the best grandpa he could possibly be, to never think different, that she loves him so very much. And, you know, a victim of abuse, why would she be saying that to him? That he has always been a great father and a great grandfather to Kaylee. It just doesn't make any sense. Never talked about him putting her pee-pee in her mouth before, ever. Like, that's also what George said. He was like, why didn't she ever tell her mom? Or why didn't she ever come out and tell anybody? Why did she wait until now to say that? Casey was in her 20s? 20s at that time. So it's like, I have the chance to be a little bit more powerful. Like, you know, when you turn 18, it's like, now niggas can't stop me. And uh, it's a little different. But nope, didn't want to say anything until she got evicted. But... All right, let's finish this shit. So, the defense is trying to create reasonable doubt with the doctor, Dr. Voss. 
Remember that I told you that this technique was new, that it had never been presented in any court of law before, and he used that. He said that, you know, he told the jury, made sure that the jury knew that this was something that had never been used before. And then when Dr. Voss was up on the stand, he asked him if he was a chemist, since chemicals is what basically proved that it had been a decomposing body there. And, you know, Dr. Voss said, no, I'm not a chemist, I'm an anthropologist. And so he just tried to create doubt in the jury's mind with that. And he also mentioned that chloroform is not was not bizarre. That high levels of chloroform were not bizarre to find in the trunk because you can find chloroform in cleaning supplies. And so there being chloroform in the trunk was not that that crazy because Casey could have been cleaning her car. Which doesn't make any sense because why would she leave garbage in there? If she's ripping off cleaning it. And also yeah. the fucking thing still stank. So I was like, you did a horrible job at it. If that's the case. Yeah. Unless so. you just sprayed and just yeah, thought that it, was going to clean it. Yeah, it looked it. like the car had been cleaned and vacuumed when the police got there. So it's like, you know. Still did a horrible fucking job. Yeah. But go ahead. Because it still smelled. So with that, in the end, I believe it took the jury nine hours to deliberate. And they came to the conclusion that Casey Anthony was innocent. And that she did not kill Kaylee. That she not, was not responsible for Kaylee's death. And she is free. To this day. But George. Living big. George the dad. In a recent interview. Said that he believes that Casey gave Kaylee something. And that Kaylee just didn't wake up. That maybe she didn't intentionally kill her. But that she gave her something. And Kaylee just didn't wake up. Now, something her mom mentioned was that that kind of leads to what and was kind of like like coexists with what he, the George was saying is that uh, Casey was having seizures and um, mm-hmm. uh, was forgetting about what was happening. People would forget like all the stuff. Yeah. So, so during probably, the trial that was happening, yeah, she did have a seizure. So basically, like something was possible of like if Kaylee did have something. No, Casey. Yeah, Kaylee, yeah. no, 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 Kaylee taking, like, something that she wasn't supposed to have, her mom would have been unconscious for yeah. it. And then wouldn't know, like, what to do. So, basically, she kind they're just saying the parents, like, if something did happen, they don't think that Casey she did it was on possible. Purpose. Yeah. yeah. They don't think it was on purpose. They think it was, like, mm, Unintentional. Unintentional. But they still do think that, as a mom... Like, my nigga hit the body either way. It was her fault. Yeah. yeah. So, you, being locked up for neglect, easily. She should have got locked up for even more than just that. Yes. But hiding the body? That's insane. So, it's like, you knew that shit in 31 days that she was out partying? Yeah. Bro, she was in this photos of her partying, which is even worse. Like, it's not even like they guess it. There's photos of her partying those 31 days, bro. That's crazy. I know. You're, you're, it's either you know your daughter's missing or you know your daughter's dead and you're just cool with it. Zanny and Nanny's not giving you back your daughter, but I'm gonna go party. All right, my nigga. Y'all remember that shit. That's all I can say. I feel like that, that that one's pretty thorough. There's not even a reason for us to go back and through. Like you can you can do the evidence yeah. or anything. Yeah, no. yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty. That was our most thorough one too. 
But it's like, you you know. That's some stupid shit. This one I can't blame the justice system on. The one with Darley... Rudier. Rudier. That one, I'm like, okay, them niggas did a flop. This one, you have to, you have to, like, convict somebody beyond reasonable doubt. You have to have the yeah. evidence. And it was that 31 days that it was, it just took too long. Because if Kaylee's body had not been such severely decomposed, they would have been able to figure what her cause of death was. That's crazy. If that honestly, I wonder how that would went if that was um, a grown person, you know, like it was her baby, so it was like nobody really questioned about her whereabouts. If somebody was said, "Hey, where's your kid at?" or with a nanny, everybody else was like, "Okay, that's what she said." They just took Mm -hmm. her word for it. Same thing with her mom; just take her word for it. But that baby was missing the whole time she was telling everybody. Nobody questioned about seeing that kid. But all right, my G's. It is what it is. Yes, yeah, too late now. Yeah. Rest in peace to all these people. Um, I mean that really sincerely. Um, that's fucking it with the cases. Yeah, it's poor little babies. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Um, hope we were thorough enough. Hope you understand. The only one that's really hard is the fucking darling ears. Yeah, the yeah. ears with all the D's. But um, I have to end this off on. Advice. So, what would you advise to people? I had the question in my head. What would you advise to people who... I don't know. What is some advice you can give today? After, I don't know. Maybe Pertaining to this or just in general? Yeah, pertaining to this. I would try, but I can't think of a question. You know, don't be such a neglectful parent. There are so many parents out there who are so neglectful whether it's intentional or not you know when you're young when you're a young parent you know any parent actually you know you're not you're not prepared you can never be prepared to be a parent um i'm not a parent so i wouldn't know but i hope and believe that all parents are trying their best and sometimes that best is just not enough but in things like this it's like your child is vulnerable. They can't protect themselves. And as a parent, it is up to you to do that for them. They wear that shit all the time. And with Casey Anthony, it's like 31 days. That's not okay. Mm-mm. With Darley, okay, you know, the intruder, maybe, you know, I feel like she could have maybe done a little bit more. It's weird how she doesn't really remember anything and then with her kids and it's sad and then there are so many other cases too where parents are just so neglectful and in the end the child ends up paying for it so just try your best you know as a parent kids the kids are the future leaders of our world we need to we need to take care of them we need put to them little them monkey right. backpacks on them with the little uh leashes? tail yeah. little leashes on your kids yeah. My advice, honestly, as I'm listening to this shit, is, yo, be cautious of who the fuck you get with and who you have kids with. Because, That's another thing, uh, too. These, both of these stories, the common denominator is the lady. And even, I mean, there's multiple stories even with, like, dads doing crazy shit. Like, dads raping the daughters and stuff like that. Bro, man, 
really, 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 especially with like online dating and shit like that, that I've seen like moms fucking be on the online dating shit. It's like, I just hope you're not bringing these people around with your kids being yeah. at home. Letting and remember that, so not just that, that, remember that most sexual um, assaults. assaults and molestations, it happens with people who are closely related to the person. It's usually not a stranger. It's very rare that it's a stranger. It's usually yeah, somebody that they know. Yeah. Yeah. So, just always be careful, you know. You can never, you know. Usually with kids. Especially with kids. You know, it just, it sucks, you know, to be that type of person. It's like, you know, question everybody, but you really, you have to be careful. You really have to be careful. You know, your kids, they depend on you for that type of stuff. So... Fucking it, it's a wrap. We gotta get something to eat. Um, I, like I said, I apologize for the delay. Um, not sure what day this is gonna be out, but when you listen to it, I hope you like it. Let me know. Fucking yeah, that's it. That's all I think of. Good night, you guys. Bye. Bye.